Fireside Chat. Um, my name is Tom, I'm joined by Simon and Temi. In this pod, we're going to talk about the, the England selection. We've got the upcoming uh, high-profile game against Slovenia. Should be a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've got our uh, Euro 2016 qualification match against Slovenia on 15th, followed by a friendly against Scotland. So let's talk about the... Um, the squad selection. So we've got a few players in there. You could probably argue would they even be fit enough to turn up <laughs> for, for these games. Um, well, where, where, where do you want to start, boys? You know, what, what do you think? Do you reckon uh, Roy's done good by the selection that he's made, or are you quite no. surprised? There's just one word for it, Tom. One word for it. <laughs> well, a lot of fans might not like what I'm about to say, <laughs> but we just need to be real of ourselves. The one word is. Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> Explain. Cautious Roy. I mean, you, you talk about a man that's bringing in, bringing back Phil Walcott. Walcott, take, take nothing away from him. He's a fantastic player, but has he even completed 90 minutes yet? No, he's done about 30 minutes for Arsenal. He's just there to make up the numbers. It, like, it's silly. I mean, you, you talk about Michael Carrick. He, he's not come back from injury. He's, I'm sorry, he's come back from injury not too long ago as well. But we're going to throw him back into the England setup as well. Bearing in mind, you rejected him in the summer. So how's he going to feel? Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, you know, the whole point about international football is the fact that you, know, you should really be playing for your, for your club first and foremost. You know, you want the best of the best. And the problem we've got is that we just just seem to just go for... I don't know, it's just like people... Why would you go for unfit players? I just don't, really don't understand. Well, look, he's put in Fear Walcott, who we, you know, doesn't merit a place right now. I think that's the best way of putting it. He doesn't merit a place in the squad at the moment, for me, due to his lack of game time. Then you've got Andros Townsend, who, you know, all well and good on him. He plays in the Europa League and does nothing, nine times out of ten. Yet he's in the squad. So, what have we done to get some creativity? We've called back Stuart Downing. Now, no disrespect to Stuart Downing, because I actually think he's done he's done quite well for West Ham since they've put him in the hole behind the striker. But is Roy Hodgson going to play Stuart Downing in the hole behind the striker? Bollocks, is he? He ain't going to do that. No chance. He, ain't, he hasn't got the balls to do it. And then we've got then we've got um, three left-backs. He's got, why do we need three left-backs in a squad? Why do we need Luke Shaw, Leighton Baines, and... Kieran Gibbs. Why? Why do you need three of them? Yeah, he's, he's going to play all three of them, isn't he? Oh, yeah, great. Let's play three left-sided players. <laughs> I mean, looking at uh, the, the sort of merited call-ups, we've got uh, Sailor uh, Berahino. He's been called up. Merited? Merited? I feel, oh. I feel, I feel it's too young for him. I mean, it's too, exactly. it's too soon. Okay. It's too soon. It, I mean, he's talking about a player. Fair enough, he's been in fantastic form this season. But come on, really, Roy? That's, really? That's the problem with England, though, isn't it? That they tend to 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 waste talent. I find, you know, as soon as someone you know get like so you get like nineteen year old like Sterling, for example, prime example, you know, he starts showing form at club level, and then suddenly he's called up, and that's where our players don't get the chance to mature at the under-21 level. You know, you want them to get tournament experience. It's been argued before. They get the tournament experience, like like Spain used to do, for example, a few, a few years ago, and then they build up, progress into the, the first team. 
And I just think we've got like the likes. I mean, even like Ferry Walcott back in, you know, back when he was what, 16, he went to the World Cup, 17. 17 when he went to the World Cup. And, you know, it just seems like Roy is just continuing that philosophy that England managers seem to have. Well, the problem is, I think one of the reasons he has been called up is purely because Sturridge is injured. I mean, you, you look, we're short strikers wise. We, Ricky Lambert still somehow got a place in that squad. Now, I don't know what he's doing. Like what he's contributing at the moment, because he doesn't get any game time for Liverpool half time. He's a player shot of confidence. We've got no strikers apart from Danny Welbeck. We haven't got anyone else. Oh yeah, Danny Welbeck. Yeah, yeah. We got we got Wayne Rooney who doesn't even play up front after time for England. Well, he's been suspended, hasn't he? So he hasn't even played for the last what, two weeks, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why he's in there. He's the captain, etc. I I kind of agree with Timmy. I mean, I think. Berahino, if he was to produce his form for, say, two-thirds of the season, then fair enough, give him a call-up. But I still think the likes of Berahino, for instance, should go to the under-21 tournament at the end of the season. Exactly. It's, too, it's far too early. Like this is, this is, again, this is how, again, we've called Berahino up. All right, you know, say he does somehow get a substitute appearance, scores a goal, well, next time we'll get a call-up. We're going to, Eventually put so much pressure on him, and then what if he turns out to be not, you know, what we thought he would be? Like it's it's unfair on these young boys. Like let let them grow up. Like let's see their potential. Play them in, you know, the under twenty ones, like you said, and let and let's build them up. That's what the German team does. It, it it works for them. I think the only, the only, I mean, the counter argument I guess for that would be the fact that we're relying on these youngsters. Because we've got no senior England players anymore, you know. I mean, you know, the, I mean, I wouldn't even like to guess the average age of the squad, but you know, I mean, you go through the squad like they're, they're you know, you do, you know, you do get a few older players, but we haven't got a solid team that's 25 plus, you know, and that that is why we're having to to dip down into the under 21 category. But with that said, uh, both of you, if if we remember rightly. What we were saying before the World Cup, well, I think what the majority of the country was saying is that they wanted to see youngsters brought into the setup to get the tournament experience and then get qualification experience all for the lead up to the Euros. So the counter argument to it being Temi, whilst I do agree that I think it's possibly too soon for Arahino, is that if if we aren't giving them the chance for a guy oh, who's playing oh, 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 you know think? If that was the case, why didn't we bring him to the World Cup? Oh yeah, we want to bring all this youth. Why didn't we bring him to the World Cup? Well, no, that's 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 a different answer. All right, all right. we want to bring all this youth to prepare them for the World Cup. Like we, we, I mean, sorry for the Euros. I mean, with all due respect, like they were class players in their day. We we had Lampard there, Gerard there. Mm. What? Well, replace them with midfielders, young younger midfielders, then if we wanted to. Build up to the Euros. Yeah, you look at players on. You know, obviously, you want players that are on form and actually playing regularly for their clubs. You, know, you look at someone like uh, Charlie Austin, for example. You know, would he not merit a place over someone like Ricky Lambert at the moment? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. He's young. You know, he's not too young. You know, he's at a decent age, twenty-five. Oh. And you know, Lambert, he's not, you know, he's warming the bench at the moment. Well, what's the difference between calling Berahino up uh, to calling Austin up? Really, neither have had a cap before. Both have started the season well. You know, I don't think there could have been any harm in calling Austin up. If that's, if that's the route he's going, 
don't know what you think, Timmy. First of all, I could I could see why he'd get called up instead of um, Lambert myself. To be honest, if I'm honest, I'll you know I I do like Berahino. Don't get me wrong. He probably will eventually be a fantastic player, but I I would probably take Charlie Austin over him. Purely because you don't think he's ready. Yeah, he's not. He's not ready. Like, come on. We have got. I mean, we we sound quite pessimistic on this pod. I've got to be serious. <laughs> but I mean, we do have we do have some good young players coming through though who are getting the necessary experience. The likes of Sterling and Barkley. Now he's back from in, from injury. I mean, uh, Barkley's recently by uh, Roberto Martinez been compared to the one and only Gaza, Paul Gascoigne. Do you feel that's a fair comparison? I can see where he's coming from. Bit soon for me. Yeah, but it's a bit soon. You know, I mean, I mean, there is going to be an impetus. Like, would he even play Ross Barkley? That's the thing. Would he play Wilfred up top and play Rooney behind, or will he actually play Barkley behind the striker, which is where he plays his best football? I mean, you know, we've all we've spoken before in previous pods, you know, about tactics and things like that. Do you know? Do you think it is we need a, a, an England manager who's going to take the ball by the horns, make the decisions, rather than keep pussyfooting around and just doing? I don't know. It's just you know, we always call him cautious Roy because he's just not very attack-minded. If, in fairness to me, he has brought youngsters through. He he has he's trying to give people chances. Me personally, I don't personally think that Roy Hodgson is the type of manager that can take this team to the same level of like where what Lowe has done with Germany in in the way that they've developed players because I just don't think technically we're good enough still at this point to be honest with you Roy he doesn't have the balls he's got no he's not called cautious Roy for no reason (laughs) He, he just he ain't got the balls but another thing is though like how can you even test these players with the way that the Euro structure's now been done. I mean, I'm looking at the, these upcoming games, and the Scotland game, for me, is the most interesting game we've got in the next two years. And that's a bloody friendly. The other games are games where if we don't win them, then then Roy Hodgson should, should have question marks about him, because they're, they're games he should win, every single one of them. He should have question marks at this moment now. Exactly. Oh, the, the bloody desperate squad. You know, but that's that's the state of the like. Why, why, why am I here? Always, why am I here? My blood is always boiling. Talking about Roy Hodgson and the England camp. Why? Because underlying, we all feel disappointed. I, I can't even see any potential. Well, we've had five clean sheets in a row. I mean, that's something to. Oh, oh, against the, the against the likes of who? Switzerland away. Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica. You know. That is something to build on, though, because I would expect us not to concede goals, really, against teams like this. So that is, that's reassuring, I feel. Do you know what I mean? We've done an England pod back in, you know, before the World, before and during the World Cup. Do you think the feelings changed towards, towards the England selection now? Obviously, we've had a few, a few players retire since then. Um, you know, players have been there for a long time. But do you think that you know, has Roy done a hell of a lot differently? Obviously, he's called the youngsters up, but the general well, he's moved structure. He's moved Wilshire in the last two games to the defensive midfield role, the, the PLO role, as we're calling it these days. Now, whilst it's all well and good doing it against teams where England are going to have the ball, I do not think that Jack Wilshire can play that role. I don't think. I think he'll he will he will get tackled and you know. 
he'll lose the ball in dangerous areas and against better opposition, which there are many compared to England, you know, it, it will cost us ultimately. I don't feel that suits Jack Wilshere. For me, I'd have him playing a bit more further, further up in the middle and have someone better there. But then it's, who do you put there? We haven't got any other defensive midfielders by Michael Carrick. Well, that is it, is it? I mean, yeah, look, Gerard used to play, mainly play that position. Um, he's retired, obviously, now. Uh, Carrick's, he's got 33 now. Yeah. So who have we got coming through who's going to fit that defensive holding role, uh, midfield role? It's Henderson or Wilshire, isn't it? Mm, I, I, I don't. For me, for me, the only reason why we are playing or why Wengar, Hodgson, all these managers are putting Wilshire in this defensive midfield role or trying to adapt him to this defensive midfield role is because, as harsh as this may sound, but he's not good enough in the position that we thought he was going to do spectacular in. He's not good enough. That's why we're playing him there. Yeah. Well, you can see why he's put there, though, for his passing ability. It's all well and good doing it, but if you're not consistent, what's the point? Yeah, but that's... well. He's probably our best central midfield passer. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that says a lot, don't it? <laughs> or Jack, Jack Wiltshire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we look, we talk about um, uh, competition for places. What I, one thing I've been interested to see now is uh, Fraser Forster. Now he's moved to the Premier League. Mm. He's actually, you know, Joe Hart's finally got some competition, good competition now. You know, you know, you know Forster. He was always up, up in Celtic, and you could sometimes call that a bit of a Mickey Mouse league because he was always guaranteed to win it pretty much. So now he can start being tested and he seems to be having a good season. Whilst he's having a good season, Roy Hodgson is never going to drop Joe Hart. That's just... If you talk about one position... Oh. like where it's, I know you're going to get the arm to me, but one position where it's guaranteed... I, I, I don't... I, if I get started on this... I, oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, I just... <sighs> he's guaranteed to play though isn't he let's, let's be honest he's guaranteed to play all the time regardless of how well Fraser have you, have you seen some of the mistakes he's made this season uh, did you see one on QPR against QPR the double, the double kick <laughs> one yeah, yeah. I, I mean we're talking about a goalkeeper who at times has been compared to Buffon no he's not he, uh, let's never do that again he might please. be the same height that's about yeah, I, mean, I mean I've said this from even the World Cup, Joe Hart should not be England's number one goalkeeper. He should not. That's the problem, though, is he? At the time, who else? Would... How, how, is he? Is he going to have to cost us bit big in one game for us to realise? He look. He he is a good shot stopper, though. In fairness to him, he does have a mistake in him at times. There's no doubt about it. I think he's one of them keepers. You know, if you if he's faced with one on one, majority of the time. You couldn't 100% trust him to actually... I don't know. I think he's a good shot. Let me put it to you this way. Hand on heart now, out of the goalkeepers in the England squad now, who would you pick as your number one, honestly, right now? Fraser Forster. Tom? I'd probably say give Forster a, a game. I would still stick games. with Joe Hart. But, what? but you're sticking with Joe Hart because of the name. That's all it is. No, it's nothing to do with the name. It's the name. To, nothing to do with the name. But you're, you're sticking with a goalkeeper that consistently makes mistakes and you know fully well that could cost you. Oh, you say consistently, right? Name me yeah. the last mistake then because the one at QPR didn't cost anything. He just looked a bit silly. Um, I think you're forgetting that one where Juve ran at Stoke against City. Well, you feel he could have... Well, yeah, he got beaten at his um, near post. 
a bit too easily. Fairness. All right, okay, look, I think I can see where you're coming from. I can. I'm just saying, whilst I would like to see Forster get a chance, I just think ultimately he's still the number one. And Roy Hodgson, who, as you've said to me, has no balls, is not going to drop Joe Hart. He wouldn't do it. It just goes to show how, you know, as a nation, we're, we're moving forward. Well, do you not think we are progressing forward? No, if you don't have the balls. No. To no. progress, you have to be prepared to take risks. If you're not prepared to take risks, then you're going to continue to be in the same position that you are. That's just how cautious, Roy. <laughs> well, I think at the moment, you know, because the, the squad is, you know, we have got some exciting talents coming through. Um, and he's a very young squad. So I think this is the time really where he's going to have to take risks. There's not really going to be much of a choice, you could argue. Yeah, well, let's wait, let's wait and see. We'll beat Slovenia. Then we'll have the uh, passionate game against Scotland where, trust me, they'll, they'll be up for that. They'll be, that'll be miles more interesting than the Slovenia game. And that says a lot. Mm-hmm. That says a lot. We'll wait and see. They'll, they'll beat Slovenia. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll do a pod afterwards anyway and... Uh... Review it and then see see if our points are right or wrong. Right, uh, let's wrap this one up then. Um, sorry, if you've got any thoughts on our views and opinions, maybe you can contact us if you go to www.osochat.com. You can find all of our social media uh, links on there. Uh, thank you for listening.